All right, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And I know this week we've already talked about construction with regards to home builder confidence, but we got to start off with more construction data because we got a big report from the Census Bureau looking at new residential construction. And well, it's kind of mixed because we were down, which is obviously not good, but we weren't as down. That doesn't sound right. We weren't as down. (laughs) We didn't drop as much as you would expect. That sounds a little bit better. And here's what's funny. When I used to talk for a living, when I was on talk radio, it was embarrassing when I would mispronounce words or say things incorrectly because I talked for a living, but I don't talk for a living anymore. So I can mispronounce stuff all day long. And it's like, that's not my job. (laughs) I don't need to know how to say that. So yes, it did not drop as much as expected. And that was across the board. So let's start with one of the big categories and that is building permits. Unfortunately, they fell to their lowest level and we haven't seen this number since September, thanks to a 0.6% drop in May to an annual pace of 1.685 million, but this is better than economists were projecting. They thought that building permits were gonna fall 2.3%, and they were actually up 1.4% when compared to the same time last year. So once again, kind of a mixed bag here. So it's down barely 0.6%, but they were expecting a much bigger drop and year over year, we are still in positive territory. Single family authorizations in June, well, this was a little bit of a bigger drop, 8%, and they are now under 1 million at 967,000. That's the annual pace. And not surprising, the South leads all four regions with 55% of building permits. So 55% of building permits happened in the South. The other 45% happened everywhere else. (laughs) That's why you're seeing all this housing data. There's still so much positivity in the South. And I got to tell you, and and I say that kind of looking at the data, because if you talk to people in real estate in the South, there is definitely some concern. And it's amazing looking at these numbers because I can only imagine how dead things are in places like the Northeast and the West where there is like no activity. So if people in the South are having some trepidation about the market. I mean, what is happening in these places where there's nothing happening? I mean, we're, we're in a place where 55% of building permits are happening. The other three regions are splitting the other 45%. I, I, I can't even imagine <laughs> how worried some people in some of these markets must be. Uh, housing starts is the other big category. They fell to their lowest level since September as well, thanks to a 2% drop in May to an annual rate of 1.559 million, which oddly enough is exactly the same rate in September. I don't know what that means. I just thought it was weird to see the exact Same number in September. This was slightly better than what economists had projected. They thought that uh, that we're going to see a drop of 2.6%. And unfortunately, starts are also down year over year, now down 6.3%. 
So housing starts is a little less positive. So the only silver lining is it didn't fall as much as expected, but year over year and monthly totals, well, or comparisons, I should say, it fell. Single family housing starts also a problem under 1 million, thanks to an 8.1% drop to now an annual rate of 982,000. And then once again, shocking, the South, 53% of all housing starts. 53%. (laughs) It's just, it's nuts. How much more activity is happening in the South versus these other regions. Housing completions were down 4.6% to an annual rate of 1.365 million, which is the lowest level since January, but is still higher than the same time one year ago, up 4.6%. So as I mentioned, even though the numbers were down across the board, they did not surpass expectations, which... If you're looking for a silver lining, that's your silver lining. But here's the big thing. We mentioned home builder confidence. This is June. We're looking at June data. July, the July report was about what's happening in July. So the home builder confidence data is a month ahead of this new residential construction report. So the fact that home builder confidence plummeted, I have to assume is based off of something And so all eyes are going to be on June's new residential construction report next month because that's going to show, or I should say July's, because that's going to show us (laughs) what happened to cause these home builders to lose so much confidence in building. And so that means it's probably not going to be good. I have to assume the economists are going to have some big big drops planned for next month's data, which we, of course, will be covering here on markets and mortgages. Now, this drop, we all know is designed by the Fed. You know, the Federal Reserve, they are behind this drop in demand. That's, they're raising rates. The whole purpose was, was to cool things down, calm things down. The problem is, And when I was reading this report over at Axios Macro by Neil Irwin and Courtney Brown, I was reminded of Newton's third law, which is for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. And that is 100% the case when it comes to economics, politics, anything. I mean, it doesn't just apply to physics. It applies to everything. And that is one of the big concerns right now with what the Fed is doing with demand, because as they push demand down, it has the potential to also to continue to suppress supply. So we know right now we have a big imbalance, not just with housing, but with everything. Too much demand, too little supply. You wanna get that demand and supply more imbalance. The problem is our policymakers can't do anything about supply because they are not in control of it. They can try and incentivize businesses, but that's not the issue right now. Prices are high, resources are scarce, and there's nothing they can do about it. So they're trying to push down demand. The problem is when you do that, people who are creating supply might start thinking, "Uh uh-oh, demand's falling. Well, I don't need to worry about making more product. And herein lies the problem. And as I mentioned, this is Neil Irwin and 
Courtney Brown over at Axios Macros. They said the Fed's rate hikes have sent mortgage rates surging and would-be home buyers' wealth falling. That is helping to suppress demand for new houses, which is part of the goal. The flip side of that, however, is that home builders' confidence is plunged, making builders wary of constructing more single-family homes that may not sell at high enough prices. And we talked about that. That was in the... National Association of Home Builders report. They pointed out that in some cases, because of the expense that goes into building a home, whether it's land acquisition, whether it's the supplies, whether it's labor, zoning, whatever it may be, at some point, if prices fall enough, it doesn't make sense to build a home. I mean, you're, you're not making any money. <laughs> That's the whole purpose of home building. And so that is one of the big concerns, but it actually is farther reaching further reaching, farther reaching, which one of those words works. <laughs> What's the scene from finding Forrester? I should remember it. It's a great scene in the movie where he uses the teacher uses the wrong version of further or farther. And then he calls them out and they get in this, you know, this uh, sort of quote off. <laughs> and I still don't know how to use the proper definition. So it's okay. Once again, I don't talk for a living, so I don't need to know that. But what Brown and Irwin point out is that similar dynamics are happening in other parts of the economy. As rates move up, consumers can a few can consumers <laughs> will buy fewer cars. There we go. That's what I was trying to say there, which will help reduce demand and bring down inflation, but it can also cause automakers to pull back on investment plans. It makes the medium-term outlook for both growth and inflation worse. Also, more frugal consumers demanding less gasoline, good for lowering inflation, but the higher cost of capital that causes energy companies to resist investing in refinery capacity is bad news. So the good news is the latest housing numbers is that the supply of multifamily homes continues to surge. It was up 15% in June, and for the first half of the year, was up almost 20% from 2021 numbers. But the concern, the bottom line, efforts to bring down inflation, even if successful, 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 man, I'm struggling today, will have effects for years. And that is why, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a lot of conversation when the pandemic hit and we knew that there was going to be this huge drop in demand and could that have a deflationary impact on prices? And I think a lot of people, you have this sort of instinctual reaction where if someone were to tell you, what would you rather have deflation or inflation? Most people would think deflation because they're like, I'd love for things to get cheaper. That would be awesome. But most economists will tell you that the exact opposite is true, that deflation is far worse for the economy. Long lasting can be devastating in some cases. What you want, you'd rather have is too high inflation than too much deflation, mostly because of the way people react. When deflation kicks in and continues, people stop buying. Why would you buy? If it's going to be cheaper tomorrow, why would you buy today? Where inflation has the opposite impact where, oh no, it could be more expensive tomorrow. I'm going to buy today. So consumption continues to some extent, which helps keeps the economy moving along. And so that's why most economists will tell you if it's a choice between too much inflation or deflation, inflation 
every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I mean, it's not really hard, but I think most people, you have this sort of belief that like, oh no, actually that'd be great because things are getting cheaper and I could buy more and be awesome. But it leads to people, they, they stop consuming. <laughs> That's, and that is not a good thing. Now, speaking of the pandemic, speaking of the pandemic, there's been a lot of conversation about what caused this explosion in housing demand because it seemed like for a while we were seeing a loss of new households, right? Because work was drying up, the economy was slowing down, people no longer wanted to live in apartments, maybe they were moving to a family, whatever it may be. And that is true. That is exactly what happened. And then, going back to Newton's third law, (laughs) there was a reaction to the pandemic, which was all those households came back and then some. This is a fascinating report. Did I say fascinating? I elongated that word for no real reason. Fascinating report. It's almost like I'm writing a word document or an essay in college and I got to extend the paper and make it get to that third page. Fascinating report. Add a couple extra syllables in there. Why not? Why not? It's my podcast. I can do it. So this is a, a fascinating report from the apartment list. So the monthly looking, this is looking at all this data from the monthly current population survey. I think this is available from the Census Bureau. It shows that over 2.5 million households disappeared as households fell to 127.6 million in early 2020. Start of the pandemic. Makes sense, right? This was mostly driven by younger adults who decided to temporarily give up their independent living arrangements, whether they were living with roommates or by themselves, whatever it may be, and decided to move in with family. Now, the only other time that we saw a substantial household contraction took place, when do you think? Yeah, right after or the beginning of the Great Recession, the six-month period from 2009 to early 2010, we lost a million households. So once again, this just shows how crazy, I think a lot of us forget just how nuts everything that was happening in the economy. So during the Great Recession, which, reminder, was the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression, we lost a million households. During the pandemic, or at the start of the pandemic, we lost (laughs) 2.5. So a pretty big change with regards to housing. It's also why you saw apartment, um, you know, rents in major cities, New York, Boston, whatever, plummet. And there was sort of this confusion there for a while that people still thought rents were low and then they started skyrocketing. So the household contraction, it happened, but it was short-lived. In fact, by the end of 2021, all of those 2.5 million households had been reformed and then some an additional 2 million households were created from the bottom of the pandemic to, I think, the end of 2021. And you know that because recently we have seen a slight contraction because of rising housing costs, which kind of started at the beginning of the year with rising prices and then rising rates. So if you look at June's 2022 data, it puts the current total household at 131.8 million, which is slightly below the peak, but is still an additional 1.5 million households. And I know that we have not built 
1.5 million new homes, hence rising prices. Now, not surprisingly, single-person households have been largely responsible for these extreme shifts in household formations. Single-person households accounted for 61% of that 2.5 million households that dissolved in early 2020. But here's the thing. They made up 82% of the additional 4.5 million households that formed thereafter. And who do you think was the biggest component? Well, yeah, Zoomers. Generation Z, baby, which I'm not a part of. I am a millennial. (laughs) Just to clear up any confusion in case you thought I was in my 20s. Zoomers have seen the biggest swing in this category. Nearly 400,000 Generation Zers. Is that how you say it? Zers? Yeah, right, because Generation Xers. So Generation Zers stopped living on their own, but then... Since then, a million new households have been formed among the Zoomers, which equates to about a 30% drop in June 2020 and an almost 100% increase in June of 2022. So big swings for Generation Z. Now, Rob Warnock, who is the author of this piece at Apartment List, notes, quote, when 4 million households suddenly reappeared, some markets went from oversupplied to undersupplied in a matter of months. Now, ultimately, dramatic shifts in household volume have led to equally dramatic shifts in price. So basically, it's unlikely that we will see much household formation as home prices stay high and rates continue to rise. But household formation is already contracted as rent and ownership prices have skyrocketed, which makes sense. So if we are going to want to see more households, what do we got to do? You got to keep building. And that's the problem. As demand drops, builders go, well, who are we building for? You know, you kind of need this good, this, it's a very delicate balance of supply and demand, as we are all aware. For those who have been watching housing these last couple of years, the, the extremes from one from from one side to the other, especially with rents. Remember when rents were dropping in these like major cities <laughs> and then everyone just assumed that continued to happen. And then all of a sudden rents were up double digits and, and, and then some in some of these major cities. But I was fascinated by that. I mean, to lose 2.5 million households and then get them all back. And then on top of it, another 2 million. So if you've wondered where all this demand came from, there's your answer. That new 2 million households on top of the 2.5 million that just that disappeared and then reappeared very quickly. <laughs> it was quite the shock for the housing community. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. We'll see you back here Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.